0: All aboard the gravy train. Are you riding your financial planner or broker's gravy train? Your financial prospectus outlines how brokers are allowed to charge you hidden fees. Next stop, hidden fees. Want to take back control of your retirement income? Just get off at the next stop. And tune in to the Total Financial Hour with host Arif Hallaby. Sundays at 11 a.m. Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM 870, The
1: Answer. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power—the Total Financial Hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. About-
0: hey, good morning! Welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me. I'm Arab Halaby. The Total Financial Hour, talking about your family's finances, of course. Getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future, there's always something fun going on. Have you thought about this? Have you thought that the things you do today, financially speaking, can and will impact the rest of your life? Well, I think, of course, many people do. That's why you save, because you're hoping to withdraw it later, hopefully just the interest to live on it, to pass it on to your family, your friends, charities, nonprofits, whatever it is that might matter to you, of course. But have you thought about some of the decisions that you're making today Don't always benefit you later. I'll give you a good example. Have you ever seen some of those? uh, Well, there was a TV show for a while. I don't know if it's still out there. And it was fixing uh, mistake tattoos, tattoos that were a mistake. Like, uh, you know, you would would have your ex-girlfriend's name on it. And then, of course, you know, right on your shoulder. Now you have somebody else in your life and they would fix it or a a spelling error or something that you used to like and you don't anymore. Those are difficult, but not impossible to remove, usually painful. Usually very expensive, but people do. They make a decision at the time. That's why I'm against young people getting tattoos. Not because I think that you know necessarily they're bad or good. I just think: what if you change your mind? What if Scooby-Doo is not your favorite thing in the world, and yet you have a cartoon character, you know, tattooed, or or an ex-girl, you know, a girlfriend or a wife. You, you get it? I mean, I understand certain things, but my point is, you do permanent things, make permanent decisions. With in some cases near permanent consequences. Segway now, student loans. You co-sign for a student loan. Your child says, "Oh, it's the best chance in the world. It's out of state, so I pay out of state tuition." And the school convinces you by doing the little, you know, finance trick. Are you ready for this? It's called, "We're going to give you the first two years of scholarship." Well, because they're competing with community colleges. When you compete, uh, when you compete with a community college. For the general ed, you have to give away free school, which is what they do. So they give you all these scholarships. They call it the President's Award, the Chairman's Chancellor Gold Award, right? They just make up stuff to get you there. Because once you're hooked, once you can go nowhere else to get the general ed, because it's over, you finished it, right? So there's no reason for you to go to a two-year school. And now the competition narrows. Now you have a last two years of the uh, specialty, if you will. And in many cases, I know it's three years because you got to take other classes to take classes. I know it's not easy, but ultimately what you end up doing is paying or overpaying for the last two years. Surprise, there are no scholarships. Surprise, you know, the financial, they just make up. So, you know, the way the situation is with the economy and, uh, you know, it's just tough these days. But we have these amazing student loan programs sign here. Oh, you need more money? Ask your grandma, your mom, your dad to co-sign for you. That's my concern, guys. Number one, if you're the one going back to school, and some of you will, to get better jobs or to to finish your degree or to get the next level of degree. And if you do and you sign up for student loans, especially in your 40s and 50s, let's be clear, you're not going to have that paid off before Social Security begins. Sit down for just a second and think about this. 170,000 170, people collecting Social Security are having their Social Security check wages garnished by the IRS to pay student loan debt, either yours or cosigned debt. Did, did you get that? If you can't pay your student loan debt, it usually means because financially you're struggling a little bit. Okay. And then, you know, right when you're limping, they kick you in the other leg. So, so you go from limping and walking in circles to being kicked in the leg and not being able to walk at all. And they say, oh, I, I know that the last vestige of any security you have is called social security. Now, here's the good news. They have to leave you at least $750 a month. Well, that's kind of nice. They can take 15% down to $750 a month. But, but be sure that they are going to change that. They're going to bury it into some bill, and then both political parties will point fingers at each other. So do you see your job is to work to pay for debt that will never be paid off? Because some of the Social Security debt, uh, sorry, sorry, student loan debt, it, ju- it just can't be paid off with Social Security checks. So here's a moment in time when your Social, social Security check goes down to $750. I mean, it's not humorous except the fact that, that many of you guys vote for these clowns. You, you think that the answer is to get more debt. We have to do more things for more people. All you have to do is look around and folks, you might be one of them. Doesn't mean I hate you. I still love you, but look around and see who took all the free unemployment money. Hey, you should go get a job. Well, you know, I'm going to wait till my last unemployment check. Then I'm going to go work. You know, it's bad enough that the government has set up a program called in, especially in the state of California. Like, you know, you guys are wondering why is it that, that the state of California, why are all those ships at sea? Why are those ships just docked in the water? It's very simple. A few years ago very the the uh state of california passed a rule that the big rigs the big trucks they can't be more today now than more than 3 years old or you have to spend 80,000 dollars in fixing it up you know putting in a new catalytic converter of sorts uh, forgive my ignorance it's probably not nothing close but the idea is less stuff in the air oh okay we've been doing amazingly well for 75 years and now all of a sudden we have to change it and instead of waving it instead of saying you know what all of those trucks, because here's what happens. The the flood of trucks. We had a client. He had to sell all three trucks. They're worthless. He had to go out of state to sell them. And of course, he's not the only one. So everybody else says, hey, listen, I'll take it for a deal, but here's the price I'll pay. Pennies on the dollar. He said, Eric, it was going to cost me about $80,000 per truck just to fix it, to get it California compliant. I can't afford it. I'm 61 years old. I'm not going to do this long enough to buy a new truck and have the time to pay it back. So I guess I'm just going to sell them for pennies on the dollar. And look, most of the other 49 states, they can they can have these trucks. They move them out of state. So why is there? So you can bring in all of these containers. And for people that said, "Oh, Eric, the jobs," you know, I'm going to wait and get my my until my last unemployment check runs out. Look, look, I'm I'm telling you, this is like one of the war times. Remember during the war and they said, sorry, ladies, you can't wear nylons and and folks, you can't have chocolate. And uh, we have a a rationing of tires and rubber for the tires. And remember they did all that wheat because we had to help our soldiers overseas. Well, this is the same thing, except it's you. You're the labor. You have to get back to work. Now, there are some of you working two jobs. I get it. There were times when I worked three jobs uh, for about two years slept in my car. I can tell you stories, not because I didn't have a house, but it was an hour, hour and a half each way with traffic to get home and back. So I would just sleep in my car in the mall parking lot. You get underneath these parking structures where it's out of the noise and out of the I can give you stories. Why? Because who else was going to do it? Somebody has to do it for you and your family. You think Joe Biden, the guy doesn't know what room he's in, right? He has to read a teleprompter and the news media doesn't allow him to, to address the real issues. So I look at this and I say, you're going to have to stand up. You think student loan debts are going to just pay themselves. You think just getting a job, you're going to get waiver after waiver. Look, somebody has to wake you up. Guys, the federal government, the state government, they're not your friend. I don't want them to be my friend. I don't want them to be my enemy. Just be, just exist. Local governments, cities, counties, that's where the value is. Why? Because you can confront those people like they're doing with the school boards. Right. If you're not going to go get a job, you think delaying your your student loan payment because the government, oh, Joe Biden is going to give me a break. You have to pay those things back. It's called honor. You gave your word. You signed it. I get it. You were 18 years old. I'm sorry. Just like that tattoo. It's painful and it costs a lot of money to get it off. And you don't love Susie anymore. Now you love Mary. I get it. Sorry. But you're the one that made that decision. And if you haven't listened to our shows for the last 17 years, I've told you never co sign for a student loan. Never. Oh, but Eric, Jimmy is the first one to go to college in our family. Then why don't you go get two jobs and use that money to help pay for Jimmy's college? Because somebody, somebody has to pay it back. And if it's not you, it's the government. And you think there are no strings attached, they will garnish your student loan, uh, sorry, your Social Security checks. Right? When the government lies about simple jobs, Oh, the problem is the port workers. We have some of those longshoremen as clients, both retired and current. Are you ready for their wages? They're about a quarter of a million dollars a year with a high school diploma or a GED. You want a job that's amazing? You're willing to work? You're physical? Go be a longshoreman. All right? The guys that drive the, the big rigs and the tractors and unload those containers and those cranes that are just amazing when you see them. Uh, they, they straddle the ships and lift those containers off and put them in places. It's, it's almost like a, walk, watching an orchestra. Great jobs. Quarter of a million dollars a year. Amazing benefits, life, uh, health insurance, on and on. Big stuff. But you see, somebody has to pay the bills. When there aren't enough trucks to deliver those from, because the, the trucks that are allowed in California. So here's what they're doing. They're going to the Arizona border. The trucks are going to the Nevada border, the Oregon border. So the California compliant rigs are making the the runs up down up down left right up down east west. They're dropping off these containers and there's a line in some cases of the other trucks to pick them up from there and carry them into the next, you know, cities across the country. Cuz the Port of Los Angeles and the Port of Long Beach, those are two separate ports by the way. They they are responsible for a huge amount of uh, goods and services. San Diego San Francisco, there are other ports. I think there's 30 or 40 across the country. But when you come from Asia, Vietnam and Cambodia and China, you got to come from somewhere. You got to bring it. So you bring it to the closest place called Los Angeles. But the tractor trailers are not compliant. Tough luck. Gavin Newsom won't do a waiver, won't say, hey, this is an emergency. He wants the ship to sink. I don't know why, but for those of us in other states, for those of you that live in other cities or states outside of California, This is a great example of what progressive and Democrats, not normal Democrats, not Democrats from your high school or college days, right? That thought free speech. Remember this saying, I may not agree with what you say, but I would defend to the death. your right to say it. Remember, conservatives were the one that didn't ones that didn't want, you know, anti-government speech and all of that mess. And it was liberals that would fight for the right right of the press. We're going to print it even if it's not popular. Well, now you have socialists describe, disguised as Democrats. The problem I have is the Democrats today, right, they, they operate just voting whoever says they're a Democrat. They don't look at the values of the people because they're actual socialist values. They are actually against the free speech values. They're actually against the ability for you to come on a college campus and let's debate. I spoke to somebody recently about the change of the, the Dixie University, the name Dixie. And I said, uh, so there were three young men so I said, uh, you know, what does your generation think? Y'all attend the college. Y'all, you, you all attend the school. Tell me what you're thinking. Does your generation care about the name being changed? Do, do they want it changed? Do they want it the same? What are you thinking? One one kid says, oh, it doesn't matter to me, one way or the other. Another one says, well, I think we should change it if it offends people. So I said, you know what? Your hair. <laughs> I'm joking uh, to him, right? We had a little bit of a fun conversation. I said, you know what? So so if you haven't seen me, I have less hair on on the top of my head than I did, let's say, 20 years ago. And I said, uh, you know what? And this kid had a beautiful head of hair. You know what I I don't know if I even had that much hair at one point. Maybe I never did. And I said to him, I said, "Well, you know what? Your hair offends me." And he looked at me at first cuz he wasn't sure if I was serious. And I said, "So should you change that?" And he looked at me and he smiled and I smiled, we both laughed. My point is, you're going to run around, "Oh, you offend me. You don't. I'm offended." Nobody cares. I'm supposed to live a life not offending anybody at any time for anything. You realize I don't have to use a gun or, or the legislature, right? They, the left used to use courts. All I have to do is use social media and say you offended me and I control you. I own you just by saying you offended me. I control your behavior. It's almost like a puppet, right? Like a video game. You're my little avatar. You, uh, you offended me. Say this. Apologize. Talk about how you were insensitive. You know, just go and pull anything from any of the left, from the Dan Rathers, the Tom Brokaw's. Any of those prominent people, right, Whoopi Goldberg, that Joy Bear, didn't she wear blackface? Remember, they fired so many people for doing that, and then she did it, and instead of saying, oh, forgive me, I'm sorry, she said, oh, you knew I was just joking. Really? So that's all you have to do is say I was just joking, right? The Virginia governor says, oh, I'm just joking, you know, uh, or I didn't really mean it that that women and and their doctors should talk about aborting babies even after they're born, right? If a botched abortion... What? How are you guys not chasing them out? How, how are we not saying, come on? And it's because it's because the Democrats that have liberal values that are common sense can never bring themselves to vote for a Republican. Instead of meeting the person and talking to the person and seeing what their values are and saying, listen, I agree with 51% of your values, 51% of your stance on things. So because of that, I'm going to vote for you as opposed to the next person. Right. Enough people. You don't have to be. Somebody who who agrees with 100%. I always tell you, if you heard me through Trump's presidency, I said, listen, President Trump was a, a very effective president. I mean, you could take a look now at how how messed up this guy got it in less than a year. And I would say, look, uh, my goal is not to agree with 100% of him. Why would I ever do that? I don't agree with my wife 100%. And I love her and have been married to her for over 30 years. Right, You don't agree with yourself a 100%. That's why you changed that tattoo. That's why you changed your political parties. That's why you made different decisions. So now you're supposed to be responsible for everything you've ever done and apologize. Really? Maybe. I need you to know this because the government has uh, kind of wormed their way in to your retirement security. They did so by allowing student loan debts to garnish your Social Security payments. If you co-sign for a daughter or a son or a grandchild or your own student loans, they can and will take from your social security checks. They will. And it doesn't matter. You have to fight it. You have to go and say, oh, I want an exemption. Then they look at every single transaction. They look through your bank accounts. So we have to have this as a foundation. We have to have this as a way to protect ourselves. Because if you don't, I'm going to tell you, they will keep worming their way in to everything. You saw them with the $600 checks or the $600 transactions in your bank account. The bank is required to report it. How is that okay? If you didn't think, you know, cryptocurrency was going to have a have a surge at one point, I think that, that goes to show you maybe just maybe there's another avenue besides the, the U.S. government. And then Janet Yellen and, and the others are, are jumping in there. Look, there is nobody you can count on, especially in this administration. They're just not going to happen. They're not going to protect your... Your money. They're not going to protect your rights. they are not going to protect what you're entitled to. You have a lot of people that have to protect you and nobody will. I, I don't mean they're bad. Some of them are. I think Joe Biden is incompetent. I don't think he's an evil person. I just think he he lacks. What's the right word? I don't know. He lacks uh, consciousness, maybe. Right. You've heard me say, and I'm going to say it probably on every radio show, Jill Biden is is the evil, is the enemy. She's the devil in the story. Shame on you for allowing your husband to go out and make a fool of himself when he's not all there, right? I mean, look at the campaign trail. She would make jokes out of it. Shame on her, right? Ladies, gentlemen, we count on each other to take care of each other, especially the ones that love you and that are closest to you. And so you can't trust the federal government. Certainly you cannot trust the president, the people around him whoever they are that's pulling the strings. We know that it's not him. We know Jill Biden is the face. That's why she keeps going to Europe and negotiating with some of the other uh, allies, if you will, on his behalf. Can the government seize social security checks to pay? Yes, they can. Now, what about disability? A lot of people say, well, I'm on disability. Uh, Yes, they can. Yes, they can. The number of people that are 60 years and older with student loan debts are now 2.8 million people. As of earlier this year, 2.8 million people. Are you sitting down? Did you get that? Now, if you make your payments on time and it's any kind of other loan and you're like, hey, that's the way it goes. All right. I'm, I'm all right with that. But some of you were 45 years old in 2008 and you went back to school to get your master's because the, the economy crashed and you need a better degree or to get your PhD. I get it. Well, that's what? 21 years ago. Student loans aren't paid yet. You're now in your 60s ready to retire and you have to keep making those payments We have encountered many seniors who are still working specifically to pay for that student loan debt. They're saying, I could retire now if I didn't have to make that payment. Because the moment you stop and you're late, you know, there's a process. They don't just come in the next day, right? It's just like a normal, everyday creditor, except it's the IRS. So I want you to have your own ownership, right? Let me give you our phone number. This is important. 435-817-4191. That's 435-817-4191. 817 4191. Okay. Reliable rely, uh, retirement income. We always talk about alternatives. I don't want you to have everything in one place. I don't want you to have all of your income coming from one asset. There are reports and experts who come along and they say all sorts of things, including diversification. Well, when we talk about true diversification, I'm talking about multiple sources of income in retirement. I'm talking about the ability to have money come to you without you able, uh, you're able. you able to to count on somebody taking it away, right? In other words, pretty important. You have everything coming from real estate. The real estate market goes down. You have a few vacancies in your rentals. If you have all of your income coming from one source, that can ruin your retirement. The stock market, right? Isn't the stock market near all-time highs? Uh, yeah. Wouldn't it be time to consider some or part taking some of the profits? Building your own retirement income, building your own, if you will, mini pension plan, because I do not want you to have, oh, at least some of the issues anyway, that most people are encountering Well, you're worried about inflation. There's solutions for it. You can find them on your own. You can do your own laddering, right? CD laddering. Some people are doing that. They're just not getting really good rates of return with the CDs these days. So we talk about how do we build reliable retirement income? You build it through a laddering system. Right? You have an income coming in for a while, and okay, now my expenses have increased. And then we say, next, turn on another account. And then we say, next, five years later, turn on another account. So meanwhile, during this period of time, the assets are growing and growing and growing. And if the market goes up, you could earn some interest. And if the market goes down, you stay the same. You have to look at it as if I'm running a race, if the marathon world is alive, how do I keep some or part of my money from going backwards? How do I keep some or part of my money from losing when there's something I can't control called the stock market? All right? So there are things you can do. Just like we don't have all of our eggs in one basket. All right. So we've talked a little bit about student loan debt. I'm going to talk about when we return the, the life insurance world and how and maybe even if maybe it doesn't apply to you. Do you have a policy that you've been paying for a while that maybe you don't need anymore? Is it time to cancel it, right? Is it time to, to sell it? That exists. If you're a candidate for that, there's ways to research whether or not you're the right pers- person to, uh, to sell your life insurance policy. In each of these accounts, in all of these different jobs, the goal of each one of them is to do something very clear, and that is to protect and provide for you. You've always heard me say, you, you're the one that goes to work, right? If you work for 20 years and you make an average of 50000 a year, okay, 20 years, 50000 a year. I get it. Today, you're making more money. Back then, you made less money. Let's just say 20 years you've worked or better go back and count how much money you've made gross at the top and it will tell you 20 years times 50000 is a million dollars, That means a million dollars has gone through your hands. I mean, you understand that? A million dollars is a lot of money. And who worked for you? Right? Oh, Eric, if I needed to go to the dry cleaner, great. His kids are going to go to an amazing college. Oh, Eric, if I had to get gas for my car, don't worry. They're taking an amazing vacation on, thanks to you. And if you don't save part of it, if you don't manage part of it for yourself, then you're going to work for 20, 40, 50 years to make sure everybody else has a wonderful life. I want you to have a wonderful life. I want you to enjoy the things that you work for and not be buried in some scheme called the student loan sc- scandal. It's just a mess. I'm telling you, if it means you have to do, you know, go to school for six years because you got to work part-time, that's what you do. Avoid being a prisoner to the student loan world. It will hurt you and the ones you love. When we come back, I'm going to get into... Life insurance, is it right for you? Do you need it? What do you do with the policies when time comes and you're starting to, to say, okay, I need to reassess. I need to reduce my expenses. How do you walk through that? How do you keep that from ha- being a problem? Stay tuned with me as we continue. We're going to get started here in just a minute after the break. Stay with me. I'm of Hallaby. This is the Total Financial Hour. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888 997 Stay with me. I'll be right back.
1: Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial power. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power, the total financial power. Strategy. I'll retire comfortably thanks to Arif Halaby. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arab makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power. The total. will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn
0: about Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Arab Halabi, the total financial hour. You can tell that I have a, uh, a bone to pick with the student loan world. Uh, I want to finish up with this. If you uh, are having your wages garnished, There are a few things you can do. You can go to the Department of Education, contact them, apply for a disability waiver to see if you qualify to have some or all of the loans canceled. You can apply for financial hardship. Sometimes you can consolidate student loans to reduce the payment. Sometimes you can rehabilitate the loans by working out a new payment plan. Okay, so are there things you can do? Yes, there are. The problem is they mail all of the correspondence from the student loan company To where you, in many cases, where you lived when you took out the loan, right? Your parents' house that has been sold 15 times. So that's the challenge, right? They mail it off to the original place where you lived when you took out the student loans. So sometimes this is uh, very difficult to chase down. But those are some options for you, all right? See if you can uh, contact the Department of Education if there is a way out. All right, we're talking about life insurance. It's it's not the most sexy product in the world. Certainly not the best conversation financially, because for a lot of people, the way you have seen life insurance for decades is that you have to die to use it. And that's not the case anymore. And it hasn't been actually for some time. It's just not marketed as such. Just to give you a little bit of history, it used to be called death insurance. The problem was very few people bought it. It had a marketing problem. Imagine that. So death insurance became life insurance, and everybody likes the term life insurance, right? That's a little bit happier of a term. But there are times when you might need it, right? I always say, and there's a couple of different types of policies. There's term and there's permanent. Term insurance is where you are renting a bag of money. You are doing it while you are building up your assets and eliminating your debt, meaning if your habits are clearly underlined as doing what you're supposed to do to manage your money. You are clearly running down the line, so you know you have a 20-year run. For example, if it's a 20-year term insurance, the younger you are, the better it is to buy a longer term, meaning if you're in your 40s, I would suggest going as far as 30 years. And it means that 30 years and 30 minutes, the price is going to go through the roof. Just expect that to happen. If you die, they pay. If you don't die, they don't pay, meaning just like car insurance. Last year, if you didn't crash your car, they're not going to give you a refund. You just paid it just in case. So that is what term insurance is for. I love it if we're trying to get a lot of insurance for a specific period of time. For example, you have minor children and your youngest of four or your youngest of five you have a big family, you know that it's going to be difficult to pay for college, for example, it's going to be difficult to provide for the household, and your youngest is two years old. Well, consider a 20-year or maybe a 30-year term. Why? Because if something happens to you, the kids will lose their dad or their mom. They're going to lose their home because nobody can afford to stay there. And then the the, the spouse that's still alive, the parent that's still alive, they're going to lose. Why? Because they're going to have to work three jobs just to put food on the table, so they're no longer there. And they're now going to be raised by someone else. So the purpose of life insurance is to allow as much semblance of normalcy as possible. All right? When you're young, I want that term insurance. I want you to have a plan that says, when I die, they pay. It's relatively inexpensive, considering... Right? I mean, you can have, if you're in your 30s, a million-dollar policy for probably, I don't know, 70 80 $100 a month. Depends on your health, et cetera. Right? So consider that as an option. Now, it doesn't mean you can't have it before you start a family or after your kids have grown. There are different reasons. So let me give you some reasons to consider life insurance just in case you are... In the process of thinking about this or needing it, number one, if you're considering to start starting a family or have already started a family, like I broke it down, I like it as a just in case. Now, I don't know. Twenty six years in the financial world, I, I couldn't tell you how many folks have walked into the door. You know that have, of clients that have passed away or that are new clients walking in and they've heard about us. So they come in and their loved one has just passed away. And when they do that, they walk in and they're scared. They have no idea what they have or don't have. The ones that have a life insurance policy on the one that has passed away means that they can continue to mourn. They live their life. They get things in order. There isn't this crazy run to deal with creditors and final expenses and the the funeral and all the people that have to be paid because the life insurance policy can help cover that. If you have substantial debt, especially if you have co-signed folks, if you are going to co-sign for a student, your son, granddaughter, whatever, I want you to have a life insurance policy on them because when they pass away, depending on the type of debt, you may be responsible for it. Is that not horrible? Yes, it is. Because life insurance death benefits can be used to pay off all sorts of personal debt. Now, if it is a personal debt in that person's name only, I want you to check with your attorney and CPA because in most cases, they do not have to be paid back. Okay? Because the life insurance, you are the owner of the life insurance. You are the beneficiary. Once the person passes away, the dollars come to you tax-free. Hello? Tax-free. You're going to hear that throughout this conversation because that is a very important part of it. I don't want you to pay off their credit card debt that is just under their name. Now, listen, they're going to call you and they're going to try to intimidate you and they're going to try to threaten you. But you're not obligated to pay it off with the life insurance in which you are the beneficiary of. In most cases, again, check with your attorneys and your CPAs. Find out what the story is. Find out the uh, the issues, estate planning attorneys. Now, if they owned a car, then you sell the car and you have to pay off their debts. That's right. If they owned a home, then you'll have to pay off their debts with whatever equity in the house. Savings accounts, checking accounts, those kinds of things. But if you're a homeowner with a mortgage and you want somebody else to live in that house when you pass, a husband, wife, kids, grandchildren, You wanted to will that house to somebody else? then I think you need life insurance. But you never get, ready for this, never get mortgage insurance. I don't mean the private mortgage insurance, PMI. That's when you purchase the home and you have to guarantee to the lender that, that you can make the payment you won't default. Mortgage insurance, the moment you get a house, you get bombarded, or you refinance your home, bombarded at your house with... Hey, you can get life insurance for as little as forty five cents a day or whatever the number is, right? Sixty cents a day, you can get it, but it's ours. Why I don't want you to get this here. As you make payments on your mortgage, the balance goes down. That means their life insurance coverage goes down. So in other words, if you start with a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage and as you pay it down down to let's say one hundred and fifty thousand, now your life insurance is only worth one hundred and fifty. But guess what? Your payment stays the same. Your payment never changes. What you are insured to be goes down. So, you want to protect the mortgage? You, you need a $200,000. You can get a direct term insurance $200,000 policy, period. Simple. If you pass, they pay. Oh, Era, the balance is only $150,000. Well, great. The person that you gave as the beneficiary gets to keep the other $50,000. So, The private mortgage insurance is not the same. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something called mortgage insurance where they market it to you when you refinance your house. Get a regular life insurance policy that gives you, you, the beneficiary or your family or your kids. I do not want the mortgage company to be the direct beneficiary. Do not do that. In my opinion, it's a waste of money and not always what people want to do. Okay, what if you're the primary breadwinner? You're the main person earning money in the household. What's the number? How do you decide? Ready for this? 10 to 12 times the annual income. So if you make 50000 a year, at least 500000 in life insurance. And then add 100000 per child. That's uh, per minor child. Okay, so if you have four children under the age of 18... And you make fifty thousand a year, you're gonna have fifty thousand times ten, that's five hundred. And then a hundred thousand for each other child, that's nine hundred thousand dollars in life insurance. I get it, you think that's a lot of money. But not when they start taking out four or five percent a year. Right? I don't want to confuse you with the numbers, but the goal is to replace the income. Right? For many of you, you've heard me say this. You have a choice. You want a million dollars in cash. Or $10,000 a month for the rest of your life. Again, I tell you, when I was 27, 28 years old, I would have told you, give me a million, I'll double it by the weekend. It's my money, I'm smart. The older, the wiser I get. Eh, Something about that reliable retirement income, something about that income coming in forever is pretty nice. Ask anybody who's receiving a pension. It seems like the months go by so quick, they're like, oh, wait, what's that deposit? Oh, how about that? It's another paycheck. I always want you to have income so that the kids don't lose the other parent. We saw this happen. Uh, He was 48 years old. He died of pancreatic cancer. She was 45. They had minor children, four minor kids. Two of them were twins. They were child actors. So they went along their life. And instead of her spending what we said is the right amount, she had 750000 We said you can spend 3000 a month, plus take the management fee, because she was the manager for her child actors, the management fee, so you had more than enough to pay off the house, live on $3,000 a month. Well, instead, she thought it was like the lotto. She went out and bought this, and everybody needed a new car. I said, why don't you buy a used car for your 17-year-old, now that they're learning to drive? No, you don't understand, right? You've heard me say this. I'll say it again. If you take a bad financial decision, bad financial decision, and you cover it in God, family, or the right thing to do, meaning, well, Arif, it's for my family. What do you think? I I want an unsafe car, so I have to get the newest car. Well, listen, the same amount of airbags are in the one that's four years old. Well, I don't know what you mean by safety. But in her mind, she put that the family was more important than money. Yes, I agree. But she also put that the car was more important than money. Well, I want you to think about this for a second. How many, how often and and how much in life are you going to make decisions where you're using bad math? Right? One plus one is eight. Why? Well, because it's just the right thing to do. You would never do it that way. You would just say, Arif, buying a new car is about my family. So what am I going to say? When you do that, when you cover a bad decision with God, family, or the right thing to do, God wants me to do it. What am I going to say? Let's go against God together. (laughs) Forget that. I'm going to say, okay, here you go. Sign here. So of course it took her about two years and she spent three quarters of a million dollars. And now she's a waitress at a restaurant. She works three jobs. Her younger kids are in and out of trouble all day long. And she's not around to take care of them. Do you see where I'm going with this? Life insurance is one part of the equation, but learning how to manage money on the other side as a, as a parent, look, she never had a million dollars or half a million dollars in her life. So it isn't just giving that surviving spouse a big paycheck. It's understanding that there's an emotional pressure, right? There's, there's a fear, and that's right. It's a fear that happens when we get a lot of money because people don't want to make a d- mistake. They don't want to make the wrong decision. So in addition to making your spouse the beneficiary, each other, I think both of you, right? Because if you're the main breadwinner, and your wife stays at home. Maybe she homeschools like my wife did. Right? You think I can quit my job, quit my career to homeschool the kids? I couldn't afford to do that. Right? One or the other. So then I had to put them in school. What kind of school? Well, probably private school. Why? So that they could stay later and I could pick them up. Well, that costs money. You need to know that both people, the stay-at-home spouse and the working spouse, or the working spouse part-time and the working spouse full-time, you have children, if you have somebody counting on your money, life insurance can help, especially term insurance. It's inexpensive and it's there. Okay. This is also important. What if you're elderly and you don't want to leave a financial burden for the funeral costs? Maybe you have a little bit of a, maybe you have a reverse mortgage on the house. And you say, I always wanted my kids to have this house. It's where their father and I Raised them and grew up. But the challenge is, I had to take a reverse mortgage because we didn't realize the finances, or I had to refinance the house. And so it has a debt on it, even though I thought we would have it paid off by now, but we didn't. Or for whatever other reason, you decide if you're a little older, if you're elderly, if you say, I want life insurance, there are policies out there. Now we're flipping more into the permanent, which says, come heck or high water, you're going to always have po- uh, life insurance. Right. It's always going to be coming in. Maybe it's 25,000. Maybe it's 125. It doesn't have to be millions. Your children are grown. But there's a job for it. So if there is something, someplace that has to have money attached to it when you pass away, we have the right policies for it. I don't think any product, any financial product, is always good or always bad. Right for everybody, wrong for everybody. That's not correct. Anybody who says that, whether it's here on on this station, whether it's in front of you in person, anybody who says that, it's not true. It usually means they're trying to sell you something. I think there's always a place for just about everything for just about everybody. Okay, what about this? This is important, especially now. Because if you're a hard worker, while everybody else is getting their free government money, I want you to do this. This is your chance to take that next job, to get that promotion. Remember how they said, sorry, uh, you know, you're number 74 on the list for this job, and you're never going to get it because all these people are ahead of you. But now's the time because a lot of people are still sitting around collecting their government money. You go. You get that test. You take the, the class, whatever it is. You promote. You go around, and you get that job that career, you change careers. But what do you leave behind? Often you leave behind life insurance because a lot of you have insurance through work. It's called group insurance. But when you leave that career, whether you retire or whether you go find that other new job or you change careers altogether, that means the insurance goes bye-bye very quickly. So, I don't think you should count on your employer for anything more than you work. They pay you. That's their job. Their job isn't as as controversial as this might seem to you. The job of your employer isn't to provide you health insurance. I I get it. So many of you want to be cared for, right? You want to be taken care of. The job of your employer is to pay you for work that you do. Your job is to go find the right insurance. You really think that if there's more than 10 employees or even 5 That whatever insurance plan the employer has is supposed to be the best for everybody? Of course not. It might be right for some, but it certainly isn't the best for others. I think you should be responsible for your own health insurance, your own retirement, your own life insurance. You find the right one that's right for you. Don't let the employer have a one-size-fits-all. You wouldn't do that with anything else. Hey, welcome to Joe's Manufacturing. Uh, Today, we have shoes. Because we took the average of everybody's uh, shoe size, we have a size nine. All right, everybody, here are your shoes provided by the company. You're like, nine is too small, nine is too big. You wouldn't do that. You go, Oh if that's so silly. Really? So then what's the difference between their retirement plans and their life insurance plans? You just they, they take an average and they say, Here's what we think everybody wants. Now, what if you own your own business? You are the person who needs life insurance the most because your spouse cannot come in and start seeing patients or clients or customers. They don't understand the manufacturing process or the marketing process or whatever it is that you do in your business. They love the money. They can collect the cash, but they don't know anything about the day-to-day. That was your job. So if you own your own business, you need a life insurance policy, I would recommend a permanent one, that has the ability to cross over, to pay off your wife or your husband and let the business go to the partnership or let it be dissolved. And I'm going to share this with you as we finish up. If you have some integrity and you're a business owner, I would think there should be a life insurance policy that at least gives your employees some money I don 't know if you pick 10,000 or 50,000 dollars. where you say, "Hey guys, thank you for the ride. Thanks for being here with me." And I passed away, and so I know you plan on being here for, for a career, but here's 10,000 or 20,000 dollars to get you started on your next journey. That, in my opinion, is an integrity approach as a business owner, for your employees. Just my thoughts. take it or leave it. Last thing, guys, you be careful. Life insurance is about you and your family. Pick the best one. I'm Arif Hallaby On the Total Financial Hour, 888-99-RETIRE. Safety and protection is our number one with your portfolio. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Have a great day.
1: Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halaby. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, Arif has a plan for me. Higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably. Thanks to Arif Halaby. Now every dollar's got a job to do, Arab makes your money work for you, learn about financial power, the total financial power, learn about financial power, the total financial power.